the school is out. Which means it's time for Hive Kids. Good afternoon, and I welcome you to the Hive Kids show. This is Hive Kids, a show for kids by kids. My name is Ria Mamen, and I'm your host for today. Thank you for tuning into 101.9 Hive FM. I have a jam-packed show lined up for you today. And to start off, I will be speaking to Robin Hills. She is the program manager at Food and Trees for South Africa. Get ready for a very interesting show on Hi Kids today. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. My name is Rue Emmerman and I'm 10 years old. You are still listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. I have with me in the studio Robin Hills. So send in your questions to 345-19 or telegram to 061-895-1019. Good afternoon, Robin. Hi, Rio. Thanks for having me on your show. Pleasure. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm fine. <laughs> Let's start with the questions. What is Food and Trees for Africa? Food and Trees for Africa is a non-profit organization. So we're like any other company with core business activities. But because we're a non-profit, we don't have to make extra money, which means that all of the donations that we get can go straight to the projects that we support all around Africa. Oh, that's great. What, what communities do you help? So usually we help communities that are under-resourced, so it means that they're poor and it means that they don't always have what they need in order to farm, or maybe they don't have trees on their streets. So often it's townships, and in other countries like Zambia and Nigeria and Angola, we help all the communities that need to grow their own food. Do you have people that have learned to grow their own plants and gardens through Food and Trees for Africa? We have so many people that we have trained because we're, we as an organization have been running for 30 years. Wow, that's a long time. It is. So you can imagine there's actually hundreds if not thousands of people that we've trained, even kids at schools and old people with their own community gardens or farmers in Pumalanga and Limpopo and all the way up to Nigeria. Wow, that's a long way. <laughs> Do you think Food and Trees for Africa closes the gap of hunger in communities? Yeah, it definitely does. So often, community gardens and homestead gardens are the only place that people can get food, especially at the end of the month when people's money has run out. Then they can go to their own gardens and harvest spinach and pick pumpkins and millies and make beautiful, delicious, yummy food that they wouldn't be able to do if they didn't have gardens. And so you train them to do that and help them... Yeah, we do. We help them and we give them tools and seeds and educational activities. Wow. Yeah. That's very nice of you guys. <laughs> well, we couldn't have done it without all of our sponsors. How important do you think eating the food we grow ourselves is? I think it's the most important thing that we can do as human beings because if you think about it, we were all put on this beautiful planet to look after our environment and what better way to look after our environment by growing plants that we can eat. Yeah, and that's actually quite clever. Yeah, 
And the vegetables are beautiful and delicious, and it's so satisfying being able to pick your yeah. own tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And also carrots. I went to a farm where I picked carrots, and it was really satisfying pulling them out of the ground. And yeah. then we cleaned them off and we ate them. I was like, I picked this. <laughs> yeah, probably the best carrot ever. Yes, it was. <laughs> what is food security? So food security is a big deal, actually. It really actually means um, our ability to buy food in the shops. It also means that shops need to have food available. So it talks about the whole f- food system from farms all the way to the stores. So it means our access to food. That's what food security is. Do you think food can be preserved for future generations? So there are amazing ways of preserving our food, like pickling it or making kombucha or fermenting it, putting it in vinegar. Um, but the biggest and most important thing about preserving food and especially seeds and vegetables for our future generations is that we need to keep growing it. Every generation needs to know how to grow it. And those seeds don't last forever. They do need to get planted so that their next generation of seeds is available for us all to eat. So you teach someone so that they can teach their children and their children can teach their children and over and over again so that eventually you've created a whole entire family who knows how to grow their own food yeah because that's what i understand yeah you're absolutely right and it's like a recipe growing our own gardens is like a recipe if you don't have all the information you might not get it right yeah otherwise they just stay in the ground and then you wait and wait and get the idea (laughs) yeah (laughs) how can we do that preserving food um, so one of the best ways is, is what we like to call seed banking. So every home gardener or every farmer has seeds that they keep for the next generation. And the best plants, the best, best veggies, like your most delicious pumpkin or your most beautiful and tasty tomato, those seeds should be kept for the next season so that every year that we plant, the plant gets better and the vegetable gets more delicious and more oh. nutritious. And then the rest of the seeds are for other people to grow, and then that process starts again for the for like your children and then their children. And their, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> sharing and trading seeds is a great way of making sure that we keep our cultural heritage. Not all plants or trees grow in the same season. How do you know which plants or trees grow in which season? That's such a good question, and I've got a clever trick of how I remember. So every plant starts with its leaves and slowly as the season grows, it starts to produce its fruits and eventually the fruits die back and all that's left is maybe a bulb. So if you think about how a plant naturally grows, it grows in the same rhythm as spring, summer and winter. So in spring you plant your leafy crops and in summer you plant your fruity crops like tomatoes. Oh, and that's actually quite, and then yeah, winter you plant your root crops. Because those are the ones that can handle all the cold weather because they're underneath the soil. Cool. Can you give us an example of trees that grow better in summer? So interestingly, all trees grow really well in summer. But fruit trees are best planted in winter because that's when they're dormant. All their leaves have fallen off and it means that they're basically sleeping. And that's a good time for them to get planted because then they can rest for the rest of winter. And when spring comes, they're ready to burst. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All the blossoms.
And then you're like, oh, it's a tree. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not just a tree. Stick. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bush, but a tree. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of programs do you have? So we've got three big programs. We have one that is all about tree planting. We plant trees all over South Africa, thousands at a time. Wow. Yeah, that's a really important one. And then we've got our food gardening one, which is small gardens all the way to huge farms. And then our third one is called the African Climate Reality. And they do all the environmental awareness that we need to share. That helps people yeah. and communities know. I guess that would help people. Other, otherwise, if you don't, then the people who grow long-term crops are going to have to take everything down and start again because maybe the weather's too hot or too cold for them to grow. Absolutely. And farmers don't always know all the science around the yeah, world. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. It's so important. I guess it's great to bring awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Who started Food and Trees for Africa and why? So we were very lucky. In 1990, Jeunesse Park, she's the founder of Food and Trees for Africa. She started in her garage and the Jewish National Fund was one of her first sponsors. But she realized that people needed trees and especially in the townships because it was quite dusty and trees make everything so much yeah, better. Yeah, and beautiful and more oxygen. Yeah, and, and shady. <laughs> <laughs> so she started with a couple of small sponsors and now it's huge. She Retired about five or six years ago. She was an amazing lady. Which program do you think is the most successful? <sighs> I would have to then choose between my three favorites, and I can't choose between the three <laughs> of them. I would say that the tree planting one is the one that's going for the longest, but. Then I guess there's other ones that aren't. That are really successful too, even though they've been going for shorter. Yeah, yeah. It depends on what communities need. Because some people really, really need food and they need it right now. Then that food garden's going to be the yeah. most impactful. That's going to be the best. Do you get funding? Well, you just told us about the sponsors, but I'm going to ask that question anyway. <laughs> so we get funding mostly from companies or corporates because they have a social responsibility to help people. And a lot of our, our funding and sponsorship comes from retailers as well as KMSA and Fortress and ShopRite and Checkers and Woolworths and all kinds of different companies who have a responsibility to the communities where their staff come from. So they want to make South Africa big and strong. Oh, okay. Yeah. If so, or you just told us, how can ordinary people help? So it's quite easy for people to help. Either they can live an environmental life and have their own food garden at home. That way they're helping us because they're helping their environment. Or they can go to our website, www.trees.org.za, and they can donate. There's a very easy button. You just press the button, and then you can give us some money, and then we can plant some trees for you. Or you can become a member where you pay about 120 bucks a year, which is not a lot at all. And then we send you our newsletter, and you can be part of our community. Wow, well, that's awesome. I think my mom would like that very much. Cool. Do you work alone or with other people? So I'm very lucky. I get to work with lots and lots of people. There are about 10 people in my team, and then all together there's about 70 people. Wow. Yeah, that's who are a part lot. of our office. And then all, 
including all of our trainers around the country and in Angola and Nigeria. Gosh, there's almost a hundred of us. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> How do you think you could change the world by programs like these? I think every single person can change the world. And each person that we talk to and each community that we do a project in are already changing the world. It's just a choice. Each of us can do something. Yeah. We can do something to save the world or do something that will harm it. Yeah. Yeah. I once heard a quote from Jane Goodall and she said, um, you can choose what kind of impact you want to make on the world or something. Yeah. And she is an amazing person. I met her as well. And she, she said, uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, earlier this year, she came to South Africa because she's got the Roots and Shoots program, especially for kids. Do you have any hobbies? I have a few hobbies. My hobbies are swimming and playing with my dogs and gardening and looking after my house plants and climbing trees. Yeah, climbing trees is always the best one. Yeah, you can see so much from up there. What drew you to this job? I think the most special thing about this job is seeing how when children are in a forest, how special and amazing it is when they walk through nature and they see leaves and sprouts for the first time and when nature makes kids feel inspired yeah, that usually happens. Like when I go to a tisk club, I like writing books as well. So when they go to a tisk club, um, sometimes that inspires me. Yeah, because make nature makes you feel more creative, hey? Yes. Yeah, it's very powerful. It makes you think anything's possible. Because it is, right? <laughs> Do you think you are helping this organization? Yes, I feel like I am. I work very hard and I develop relationships with funders so that we can continue doing the very important work that we're doing. And I share the vision of our NGO with so many different people so that everybody can get excited about helping. If you could bring something back into the world, what would it be? This was a nice question. It would be... Definitely maybe the Tasmanian tiger, because that was an incredible animal. But Did it go extinct? Well, we don't know. Apparently, there might still be one or two left in the wild. Whoa. Yeah. Hopefully there's, uh, hopefully there's two in the ones of one and the others go. I think so. That would be good. Yeah, I watched a movie where there were some baby Tasmanian tigers, but they, the movie left it up to our imagination about whether there were left any any left or if they had gone extinct. Oh. Yeah. That's a bit sad. I but think the western white, white rhino, if we could bring that that rhino back, that would be amazing. What are your future plans for the organization? Our future plans are to increase all the farmers that are inside, are on the edge of the city so that we can have more organic vegetables in the townships at a really nice price so that everybody yeah. can choose. Yeah. Like that one McDonald's commercial where you see these uh, farmers and you hear, hear about their life. That would be cool if they were organic. Yeah, well, they are. With Food and Trees for Africa, they, we've got hundreds of farmers that are organic already. So our plan is just to make them bigger so that we've got more and more veggies. Yes, that's great. Yeah. 
Okay, on that note, let's take a quick song break and we'll be right back. You're listening to High Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is Kai Kids, Four Kids, Five Kids. My name is Ria Mimin and I'm your host for today. Now let's ask some more questions. Who were your role models when you were young? When I was young, my role models were... Um, I had two, Amelia Earhart, because she flew a plane over the ocean and she was a woman pilot. Yeah. And I always wanted to be a pilot. But my also, my other role model was Nelson Mandela, because when I was a little kid, he was still in jail. And my mom taught me to sing a song that went, free Nelson Mandela. And once I got into big trouble, because back then you weren't allowed to say that. I don't think that's fair. (laughs) It wasn't fair. But... Yeah, he was amazing, and so was Amelia Earhart. I think they're both very good role models. <laughs> Have they changed now that you're an adult? I don't think so, you know. I don't think we really change that much from when we were a kid um, to when we were grown up. So our role models, for me, they stayed the same because my values stayed the same because of who my parents were. Is this program specifically designed for women? So the Food Gardens program is designed to help any farmer. The fact that most of our farmers are women and a lot of our community gardeners and teachers are women, especially in Angola, is partially because women tend to stay at home and when they stay at home, they look after their gardens and build and create their own vegetable patches. Well, that's really cool. Who came up with the market garden? That's a great question, and it's a really beautiful question because it has a very interesting answer. Market gardens are an ancient form of us looking after ourselves and our communities. Ages and ages ago, we used to all have market gardens and share our produce. Maybe I had lovely pumpkins and you had some good spinach. We would just trade yeah, and share. Yeah, I guess that's in the, all the old stories, like... um have you ever hear if you ever heard of like the hare and the the rabbit and the tortoise? Yeah. Oh, and hold on, this is unrelated. But the rabbit obviously liked carrots. So. <laughs> yes, and even if you think about how Moana's village lived, everybody grew their own coconuts, and keeping market gardens alive and making it cool again is kind of what Food and Trees for Africa does. What vegetables do you grow? So at our farms and in the community gardens, we grow mostly the vegetables that people need to eat quite regularly. So lots of spinach and shimolia and kale and tomatoes and carrots. And cucumbers? I grow lots of cucumbers at my house. (laughs) We find that there's not a lot of interest in salad crops because people like to have warm meals so potatoes and onions and spinach and carrots are the things that mostly get grown in the community potatoes Potatoes are so yummy and so filling (laughs) (laughs) how are trees involved so trees are so useful in the garden we always put in a windbreak so that it protects the vegetables and the crops from howling drying winds and we always put in an orchard because fruit is such an important part of our nutrition an important part of of our diet i like fruit (laughs) and sometimes it can be expensive so the best way to have cheap fruit is to grow it yourself 
We have a lemon tree in our garden, and sometimes what I do is we make. Le- uh, sometimes what we do, me and my brother, is we make lemonade. And yeah. I've got a very good recipe for lemonade. Oh, you've got to so add nice. mint. Oh. You make more lemonade, and then you add mint, so yeah. it gives it flavor. That's great. And mint is so easy to grow in the garden as well. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect for summertime. What is your favorite type of tree? Um, I would say a rus, because that's an indigenous tough tree, or a wild olive, because it grows all around the world. There's so many different kinds of olive trees. Oh, I love wild trees. My favorite, I think, is a wild fig tree. Because they're they're all twisted and turned. Yeah. And it's easy to climb. Yes, with all their roots. They're like a (laughs) stepladder. Would you con, would you con, uh, have you ever worked in a garden yourself? Oh yeah. I have a beautiful vegetable garden in my house. And I work in it almost every day, I would say. Maybe even if it's just for 15, 20 minutes after work. And then most of my Saturdays and Sundays are spent in the garden. Because gardens are nice. Yeah, so nice. And so colorful and full of bees and butterflies. Yeah, veggie gardens can have lots of flowers and herbs. That makes them even stronger and healthier. And beautiful. Oh, yeah. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Although I wanted to be a pilot when I was young, I did some research and I found out that... Uh, the best way to do that is to join the Air Force. But I am very tall. I'm a pretty tall girl, yeah. so I wouldn't be able to fit in the fighter jet. So I decided not to be a pilot. And then I wanted to be a game ranger instead. And then I just ended up being a an NGO worker, which is even better. Which is like a game ranger, except better, because you help more things. I think so. Thank you, Ria. Now that you're an adult, do you think that this, uh, that your pilot dream was silly or helpful? I think it was amazing because it gave me confidence to try anything and not to be afraid of new stuff. Because you were like, if I'm going to be a pilot, I've got to do everything I can. <laughs> yeah. When are you the most happy? I am the most happy when I'm walking in a forest and I can hear the birds and the quiet and I can feel the leaves and the twigs snapping under my feet as I walk and I can smell the earth. That's my happy time. This might sound weird, but I sometimes uh, when I'm walking or hiking, I go up to pet a tree, like a cat. And I'm like... <laughs> Good tree, and I feel weird about that, but I like it. (laughs) Trees are our friends, right? Yeah. Sometimes I put my forehead on a tree, and I just feel at home there. What advice would you give the listeners and high kids out there? My advice would be to be in nature whenever you can, and when you are in nature, to open your eyes wide and open your ears really wide and listen and observe because nature teaches us the most deepest secrets about who we are and the universe and really special things. I think my advice would be for any kid to spend as much time in nature as possible. Because it makes you creative, it makes you think anything's possible, and it makes you... Wonder. 
And that's probably a very good thing. Yeah, definitely. And it makes you stronger for when you're a grown-up. Because sometimes things get hard, but nature is always there yeah. for you. Yeah. And it's never going anywhere. Yeah. And that's Unless why we must protect we it. it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same page there. On that note, let's take a quick song break. Uh, I mean, sorry. Um, okay. Um, thank you for coming on Kids and teaching us more about food and trees for Africa. It's my pleasure. This has been Chai Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Ria Emmerman and I'm 10 years old. Thank you to my guest, Robin Hills, for coming on Chai Kids. And thank you to my producer, Sene, Senna, and DJ Flo for pushing the big red buttons. Join us tomorrow for another Chai Kids show. Goodbye, kids. <laughs>